It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I have figured out how to get the maximum production out of the Reds pitching staff. I will tell you how on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. He and I are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter and check us out on YouTube and drop a thought in our comments section. Talking Reds is what we do, and we want to talk Reds with you. By the way, Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and we are your team every day. And on today's episode, Steve has an idea. It's about the pitching staff and how to best effectively use the starting rotation, and it's something that the Reds can do right now. Plus, we're going to talk about the legend of TJ Friedel as it grows and get you ready with a couple of thoughts on the Phillies series coming up here later in the show. But Steve, we want to start off with the starting rotation because as you pointed out to me, uh, there is a bit of a fatal flaw. There is, and it rests right here with the way they have constructed the rotation and then have a bullpen that, while there's some talent out there, that talent cannot absorb multiple days of pitching four and five innings. It just, it can't do do it. So the Reds need to figure out a way to minimize that occurring. And the weather has provided the perfect opportunity. Uh, right now, the way the rotation is structured, Connor Overton is the fourth starter. Luis Sessa is the fifth starter. They go back-to-back days. As we saw, uh, Connor Overton continued his spring training ways when he made his first start of the season and the bullpen was required to come in and bail him out and what was really an exciting game and it was a back and forth game but the bullpen was taxed that meant that Luis Sessa no matter what he did uh, had a very weakened bullpen coming in behind him and as we saw Luis Sessa put together a fairly decent start but then the bullpen as soon as that bullpen gate opened <laughs> oh it was bad And the Reds need to find a way to prevent that from happening. So here's what I think that they should do, Jeff. Uh, They were rained out, as you know, yesterday. That game did not get played. Uh, They're heading off to Philadelphia for the Phillies home opener. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. But that game scheduled for today has been postponed until tomorrow. Uh, Because it was the home opener, they had the off day after built in just in case there was weather. So they've already made the decision, not playing on Thursday, playing on Friday. That's two full days of rest for this Reds bullpen. All of the pitchers, the starting rotation, everybody is resting. Here's what the Reds should do. Hunter Green should start as scheduled this coming Friday. But then... It is time to break up the Connor Overton, Luis Sessa duo. They can no longer pitch back-to-back days. So on Saturday, I'm throwing Connor Overton on his normal rest. That would be his normal pitching day anyway, but because of the rain delays, the rotation is out the rain, the rainouts, the rotation is out of whack. 
So I pitch Connor Overton on Saturday following Hunter Green. On Sunday, I come back with Nick Lodolo. I follow him on Monday with Luis Sessa. And then I round out the rotation by throwing Graham Ashcraft on Tuesday. What this does for the bullpen is it should create many more situations where they are not asked to pitch five innings back to back. Uh, they come off a Hunter Green start. They can bail out Connor, Connor Overton. Then they get Nick Lodolo, and hopefully you only need the back end of the bullpen guys following a Nick Lodolo start. That means a mostly rested bullpen would get to be following Luis Sessa, and then Graham Ashcraft, once again, would only need the back end of the bullpen guys. It keeps It keeps each pitcher from having to pitch, basically with the pitching staff having pun intended, one arm tied behind its back. Uh, everybody would have enough relief pitching available to them that the bullpen would not be asked to just come out there with noodle arms and try and get outs. Yeah, I feel like this has kind of been the fatal flaw that the Reds baked into their roster from day one. And yes, that we're not saying that they need to structure how they think of these starting pitchers. We know who the top three are, but they need to strategize a little bit better. I agree with this plan. And I talked about this on yesterday's show in that you cannot ask a bullpen to get 27 outs on back-to-back days. Like when you, when you combine them, you know, the five and the four innings that they had to pitch nine innings total in two days, this bullpen, first of all, I don't think there's a bullpen that is good enough to sustain that over a long season anyway, even if you're talking about, okay, you got three days where the starting pitching is probably going to cover six to seven innings and you only got to get, you know, six or nine outs. And then two days where you're going to have to get four to five innings worth of outs. No bullpen can sustain that, let alone the Reds bullpen, who at best, I think they fall within like, you know, right around the middle of the league. So overall, this is the kind of plan that I think would get this off the ground running. Now, the problem with uh, with it is we already see the probable starters for this weekend. They're not doing that, and, and they're going to go for this bravado of we're playing the National League champions. We're going to throw our best punch here in their home stadium over the weekend. We got Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft going at them. This lineup's not going to know what hit them, and we're going to talk about why I'm a little bit worried about facing this lineup a little bit later on in the show, but I agree with you. I think over a long season, you cannot just say two days back to back two out of every five, the bullpen is going to have to run a marathon. No. And this is not about winning a series against the Philadelphia Phillies. This is about trying to play 500 baseball in April with a murderous schedule. And the way you do that is you protect this bullpen. That's already a little suspect. And by breaking up the big three and listen, I'm, I don't get me wrong. I enjoyed immensely going to the ballpark three days in a row and having the starting pitchers be green Lodolo and Ashcraft. That was fantastic. But for the sake of the season and for getting this bullpen through a 162 game schedule, I think you have to break them up a little bit. Now, if somewhere along the way, Brandon Williamson makes an appearance. Levi Stout makes an appearance. One of Overton or Sessa leaves this rotation. Maybe both with Sessa going back to the bullpen and Overton going wherever back where he came from. I don't know. Then you rearrange this and you can put the big three back together. But as long as the rotation looks like this, you got to break them up. 
Well, and I think too, when Luke Weaver comes back from injury, you could create a scenario where he's like a piggyback starter with one of those two guys. And then you do take a lot of taxing off of your bullpen because we said that the value in Overton and Sessa are that they could be the guys in the bullpen that go multiple innings. The Reds don't have that right now. And I know that over the first couple of games, we saw some dudes like Alex Young and um, and Ian Jabot, and I think uh, even Derek Law went, you know, more than they went like four or five outs. But asking them to do that on a regular basis is not sustainable. None of those guys have that ability. I, I'm firmly in that camp. So you've got to have that long guy in there. And whenever Weaver's back healthy, that means that you're going to create a situation where it's a piggyback. And hopefully, Brandon Williamson, they get to the point where they're comfortable enough to bring him up and they move Sessa back into the bullpen. And he can be the guy that I, I think could. What well, you not like that? No, no, I, I don't. I, I do okay. you think? I mean, if in my estimation, Overton has to be the first guy to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah. from the from the rotation, right? So we let's just say that Weaver replaces Overton, or one of Williamson or Stout comes up and replaces Overton. Mm -hmm. Do you do you move Sessa to the bullpen and give Weaver? The rotation spot or do you put weaver the, in the bullpen and where yeah. where do you do with that i still think the best version of this pitching staff has williamson and weaver in the rotation with overton and sessa in the bullpen and, which is and, where we started it was where we landed at the end of spring training yeah which and and maybe i'm just beating a dead horse on that and maybe the reds aren't even thinking about that possibility but i i think overall that's that's where I came and kind of am on that, but I'm with you. I think that we need to restructure this starting rotation to really kind of help out the bullpen. Well, you know, one thing's for sure until reinforcements come and whether that's trade injury or rookies coming up, uh, the bullpen needs to be protected. And for the sake of that bullpen, Overton and Sessa cannot continue to pitch back to back. But listen to this, Jeff, the Reds may have found their everyday center fielder, and it's not who either one of you or I predicted that it was going to be at the start of the season. Uh, coming up, we're going to tell you who and why. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you about one of the sponsors of today's podcast. Uh, we are being brought to you today by eBay. That's right, eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is the perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage section and look for the green check to know that the part you're ordering will fit or you get your money back. Just Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop with eBay Motors, you can be confident. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when you have the right parts guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. The Built March Madness Tournament is over, and Brownie Batter Puffs has won. What that tells me is that Jeff Carr was voting every single day. Head over to Built.com right now, and you can snag yourself a box of Brownie Batter Puffs 
or one of the multitude of other flavors like cherries barcia like churro they've got them all over at built.com you can also go to walmart or sam's club and pick up boxes right there and not have to wait in the mail if you head to built.com you can use the promo code locked on 15 at checkout to save some money on your next order you know how much we love the puffs all of their statistics you know the stats we tell you all the time they're low in calories they're low in sugar they're low in carbs they're high in protein and they are covered in 100 real chocolate you are not going to even realize you're eating a protein bar you're gonna think it's just a candy bar they're perfect for post-workout snacks something in between meals Uh, If you need a little pick-me-up or if you're just looking for a sweet treat. So don't wait. Go to Built.com. Go to Walmart. Go to Sam's Club. If you're at Built.com, use that promo code LOCKEDON15 to save some cash while you order your snacks. You will thank me later. Coming up tomorrow, Connor Thomas joins the show uh, to bring an inside perspective. Uh, He's from Locked On Phillies. He's going to come over and tell us all about the Phillies. So make sure you are tuned in. And then afterwards, uh, make sure you head over to our YouTube channel, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Jeff and I are going live with a pregame show where we will be taking your comments and questions just before the first pitch of the Phillies home opener uh, facing Hunter Green. That's going to be an exciting time, Jeff. I'm looking forward to that. And not only will Hunter Green be pitching, but, um, you know, the Reds are going to have their best lineup out there trying to spoil the Phillies home opener. And surprisingly, uh, the name that may be penciled in at center field is not one that you and I thought were going to go out there and steal this job right out of the gate heading into 2023. Yeah, we, I, I was firmly in the Will Benson camp. I thought that the athleticism and the talent that he showed in spring training was going to win out. As of right now, that hasn't happened. He hasn't quite picked it up. He's looked a little bit lost at the plate. I think he's going to figure it out here sooner rather than later. But meanwhile, TJ Friedel has taken over. TJ Friedel, just, just get ready for him because he's about to become your favorite player. He is the kind of guy that does everything. He run, He covers lots of ground in the outfield, runs the bases well, has a nice arm. I mean, the other day, the big play for me, I mean, he, he tried to make a play, didn't actually make the catch, but he jumps into the wall full stop. He's down for a minute, kind of gets up. He's rubbing the shot. I'm like, oh my gosh, he was looked like he was starting to break out, and now he's going to be hurt. And he's like, throw. Yeah, no, we're good. I'm staying. We're fine. It's so easy to root for him and his story of, you know, kind of coming out of nowhere, not being a prospect that was ranked any on uh, any sort of list or something like that. And he just kind of got an opportunity last year and he stuck himself kind of in our memories as like, you know, I kind of would like to see a little bit more of him. I, I, I think that he's made a couple of plays and now he can bunt. And I think that's just oh got everybody fired up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that's, that's a whole segment another day about yeah. the bunting. I'm not even going to bog down in that. But let's talk about TJ Friedel for a minute because he is that type of player. He comes out of that same mold that Cincinnati, uh, the fan base, always seems to just fall in love with and is just so uh, easy to root for. You know, think Ryan Friel. Yeah. Think the good years of Scooter Jeanette. Think the playing style of Pete Rose. 
Cincinnati loves the blue collar, nose to the grindstone, throwing their bodies around, do whatever it takes to find success kind of guys. And TJ Friedel is that kind of guy. He really is. And I love this quote. And, and it's something that he was, he was uh, talking to uh, members of the media after the game on Tuesday. And of course it was a loss, but he had played pretty well. And the outfield itself defensively in some cases played all right. But uh, talking to TJ Friedel after the game, he had this to say kind of about bunting and about his mentality at the plate and on the base paths. Like I always said, big bunting's a big part of my game. I'm always going to do it. And then, um, yeah, to wrap around and get a good fastball, put a good swing on it. Um, but, I mean, no matter what, like you said, my motto is create chaos. And the best way I can do that is put the ball on the ground, my speed, and make them make play. Chaos, baby. You gotta love a little bit of chaos. Chaos is king, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love his mentality, too. There was a great article in the Enquirer Bobby Nightingale had that uh, teams kind of have a scouting report out on him now and that when you see TJ Friedel step up to the plate, you're going to see the third baseman step in front of third base because they know he's going to drop down a bunt. But he's so good at doing it. I mean, how many times now so far this season have we seen him drop a bunt? And it looks like, I mean, we, we talked about the other day, closest to the pen. Like that, I think that's what we got to call his bunts. Jeff, I got to tell you, I was in the diamond seats when he laid that one down that just buried in front of the pitcher and like nobody could do anything with it. It, it was one of the best bunts I've ever seen. And I mean, and we don't see a whole lot of bunting anymore, but I think it's going to have the desired effect because of what you just said. We're going to see the third baseman cheating in. We're going to see the first baseman cheating in when he's not holding a runner on. And that's going to allow TJ Friedel to plop things in over their heads. And now what would have been, you know, the bunt threat is taken away, but what was going to be, you know, a deep running catch by one of the middle infielders is now going to fall for a hit. And it just expands the field for him to play his style of baseball. So in that regard, I love it. You know, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about, you know, bringing back the bunt. I mean, are we doing that? We're, we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to go back to eighties and seventies style play, right. With the whole time clock and the speed up the game and go back to how things were. Um, I don't know if bunts are going to make a comeback, but uh, TJ Friedel has certainly proved himself to be disruptive. I like the strategic, like uh, understanding where the fielders are and being able to drop it down like he can. And, and, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it in the right scenario. Now, I'm not saying I want to see him come up and he's going to bat second, and if Jonathan India gets a walk, he's automatically going up there and bunting just to bunt him over. That's a different conversation. Like, what TJ Friedel does is he provides another avenue to get on base. And when he's on base, things happen because pitchers know that they can't just ignore him because he's going to steal second base. So we're talking about overall – We've got a possibility of an everyday center fielder because he's showing he can hit left-handed pitching. We're also talking about a guy who could slot in right there, maybe that number two spot behind Jonathan India, or maybe, I don't know that we want to mess around with this, maybe you entertain the idea of putting India second and Friedel first. But the whole thing here is TJ Friedel is taking a hold of this opportunity. There's nobody in the outfield that is currently pushing him. And he has grabbed center field, and I think it's his. Because we're even talking about, and I mentioned this, like, even against lefties, I think we want to see him in the lineup. 
Well, I, I, we, you and I talked about this off air. I don't know who the right-hander is that you would use if you're not going to use TJ Friedel because, I mean, Will Myers is going to be playing one of the corner outfield spots. Right. Uh, who do you got after that? Unless you move a Spencer Steer or Jonathan India or somebody else he, out into the Jose outfield. Jose Barrero, yeah, maybe. Jose Barrero in center field, right? Uh, it becomes complicated. And, you know, maybe this is the temporary fix until Nick Senzel comes back and they go to a, you know, give Nick Senzel a platoon opportunity. I'm not sure. But uh, for me right now, unless Will Benson can figure it out quickly and get hot, um, by default, TJ Friedel is the everyday center fielder. Yeah, without a doubt. And there's something else that comes from this. And I think that you know, we're going to hear this more and more because people are already talking about Jason Bossler. Um, I mean, I talked about him a lot yesterday, but uh, there are fans that are just like, who is this guy? He seems pretty cool. And I think people are going to start talking about TJ Friedel as well. So my question uh, is to you. And my question is to the listener as well. And, and the viewer, who is your favorite red right now? Because I think that it's obvious, you know, there's probably you're talking about Tyler Stevenson, Jonathan, India, maybe Hunter Green, Nicola Dolo, Graham Ashcraft, something like that. But everybody looks past those five guys and they're like, who are the rest of these players? But they have so far acquitted themselves to be a pretty interesting team. And man, I'm telling you what, Jason Vossler and TJ Friedel are guys that are just stuck in my mind right now. Like, man, I really want to watch them play more. I think my list, if I had to make a list right now of the guys, the position players on the active roster, it would go Stevenson, India, Steer, and Friedel. I, yeah. I, I think that would be my top four fun guys to watch right now. Yeah, I mean, he's just like the the article title for the Inquirer that Bobby Nightingale wrote was um, he's a spark plug and he's the red center fielder. He definitely is a spark plug because, well, TJ Friedel likely to become your next favorite player. But you know, the Reds are heading to the city of brotherly love. And I got a bad feeling about it. Yeah, I'm going to tell you the batteries. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I'm going to tell you why I got a bad feeling about it coming up next. Before I tell you about that though, I want to tell you about another one of our sponsors here today. And that is so rare. Our new sponsor. So rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game in a marketplace that transforms fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competition and rewards. So rare MLB game weeks happen twice weekly and span a three- to four-day cycle. At the end of game weeks, so rare MLB managers who rank at or near the top of their local leaderboards win a variety of rewards, from uh, which includes so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. Prizes may vary depending on your competition. So head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E dot com and draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup and start competing today to win epic prizes. Again, that's so rare.com 
slash locked on to start playing today. You can follow the podcast on all platforms on your favorite podcasting app, and you can follow us right here on YouTube. If this is your first time watching us, make sure you hit that subscribe button and you click that bell to get notified whenever we've got new content for you. Like Steve mentioned, we're going to actually go live on Friday talking about this Philly series coming up this weekend. And that's after the crossover with Connor Thomas from lockdown Phillies. Plus you can follow us in between episodes. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's and you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. There's no F's in that. But you know, Steve, these next three games, it's going to be very interesting because the Reds have played the Pirates and the Reds have played the Cubs. Two teams that figure to have a pretty wide range of outcomes, some of which could include being down in the cellar of the NL Central. I'm going to tell you one thing right now. The Phillies are one in five. There's no chance that they finish in the cellar of the NL East. In fact, there's a much better chance that they finish at the top of the NL East than finishing at the bottom of the NL East. So when I look at this series, I'm really kind of worried about it because as we love to say around Major League Baseball, they're due. They're definitely due. I would feel a whole lot better about this series if they came into it 6-0. and oh for this mm-hmm. home opener of theirs. Uh, they're a wounded animal right now. Uh, Philly has no patience at all when it comes to its sports teams. There is already chirping going on in, as you mentioned, the city of brotherly love. Uh, there's not a whole lot of love for the Phillies and how they've opened the season. So the pressure is on. And I think the Phillies are going to come out scrapping just a little bit. And it does make me a little nervous. I'm glad that Hunter Green's going in the first game, that mm-hmm. that's how it's lining up. Uh, I hope the Reds implement my plan. Nick, I know you're listening. Uh, you guys should implement my plan with the starting rotation. I hope they do. But if not, if the Phillies are getting Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft, I feel a little bit better about the series. But um, this lineup is not going to continue to perform the way that it has in the first six games of the season. Wildly, uh, they only, I think they only have four home runs as a team right now. And two of them, maybe it's five home runs, but two of them have come from Kyle Schwarber. You might remember don't him. Do He's it. that guy don't do from. It. Don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Middle down. Oh, he did it. <laughs> yeah, no, Kyle Schwarber's off to a great start. You know, I thought he looked good playing in the World Baseball Classic in spring training. You know, he, he had good at bats there. Uh, he's he's not in beginning of the season form. He's kind of dialed in right now. So he's going to be dangerous. I, I look to see him probably get a hold of one at some point in time in this series, trying to bring the Phillies around. But, it's you know, the rest of the lineup can come along with him. Uh, it's going to be a challenge for the Reds. But... It, all that being said, Jeff, I still feel like they at least win one of these games and they may be able to steal an extra one. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I, I kind of I kind of expect and I, th- I know it's dangerous to say this, but I kind of expect the Reds to win one, especially with the top three going, because you and I have talked about this and anybody that knows anything about the Reds have talked about this, that when the Reds have the big three going, they've got a shot. Like, period. Like, these guys are talented enough that no matter the lineup, even if you're talking about a lineup that's loaded with Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos and Trey Turner and and all these different guys, these guys are good pitching, and good pitching beats good hitting just about every time. So I look at this and I say, the Reds have a shot, and I, 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 it's, it, I feel weird because they could easily get swept, but I'm expecting one win. 
the, and I agree with you. And listen, they're going to go up against a couple starting pitchers in the in the Phillies uh, rotation that are not coming off of very good starts at all. You know, no. we can start with Zach Wheeler. He's coming off of a really bad outing. He got rough. And and you know, hopefully uh, he hasn't figured out why just yet. Hopefully, <laughs> uh, he, the Reds hitters are hot right now. So if yeah. if Zach Wheeler is still not on his game and the Reds hitters continue to hit the way that they've been hitting, that's one they could steal. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's what oh, I yeah. mean by they could steal one. When if, if things go their way like that, they could pull a win out where normally, you know, in July, we might not be saying that. No, and, and I think that, you know, if, if you can get up on Zach Wheeler early, which the Reds have shown themselves adept at scoring early in these first five games, then if they can get up early on him, give Hunter Green a little bit of confidence so that he can hopefully pitch a little bit more efficiently than he did on opening day, then we might be talking about them stealing one here. But you're right, Zach Wheeler's coming off a bad start. Sunday's probable starter, Taiwan Walker's coming off a bad start. Both of those guys have lots of talent. The Phillies bullpen has been bad to start the year, but they have talent too. The whole point of this is the Phillies are one in five. They, they did that against the Rangers and the Yankees. They are loaded with talent. They're not one in five because they're bad. They're one in five because they haven't played up to their potential yet. And I kind of want to make sure that they're not quite playing up to their potential this weekend because their potential is the ability to sweep this Reds team. And I really, 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 I'm like sitting on it. I'm so excited about it because I really want to see the Reds get that fourth win here in the month of April so we can say, hey, look at that. We're already better this April than we were last April. Are the are the Castellini's going to order a banner? I don't know if you saw me in the comments while you were doing the live show when you said that. I I asked if they were going to hang a mission accomplished banner uh, out in the outfield there at Great American Ballpark if they get that fourth win in April. Uh, I kid, I kid, I kid. I I think this team could actually get ten to ten to fifteen wins in the month of April if if everything goes its way. So yeah. uh, that starts that starts with uh, stealing some games. They might not uh, necessarily be picked to win, and that can start this weekend in Philadelphia with a rested bullpen, a rested rotation, and the ability to tweak it to maximize the results uh, here in the month of April. I'm ready. Let's go. That's how we're going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. Remember, coming up tomorrow, we got a couple of different things coming your way. First of all, Lockdown Phillies host Connor Thomas is going to join the show, give us an inside look at this Phillies team that we are so worried about. Plus, we are going to go live at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Steve and I will be breaking down this weekend's season and taking your comments and questions. So make sure you join us on the YouTube channel. Now, for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You can win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they give you daily insight on the best fantasy strategies, whether you're talking about waiver wire editions, trades, all that great stuff, who to start, who to set. You can find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcast. And on YouTube, it's just like Locked On Reds, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Steve, we're heading into the city of the National League champions. They are down and not quite out because it's really early in the season, so nobody's out, but they're definitely backed into a corner. Can the Reds figure it out and keep them in that corner? We're going to be all over it because why? Because you and I, now that I'm out of airport purgatory, will continue to keep everyone locked on Reds every single day.
never flying again. American Airlines, you've been warned. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.